0: Welcome to another episode of Airbnb with D. This is your host, Avana, and today's episode is all about mortgages. Did you know that the term mortgages or mortgage comes from a French word that means death pledge? Basically implying that this type of loan is only paid off when the borrower dies or the property is sold. Crazy, right? Today's episode is going to be deep diving into mortgages, but also the financial mechanics that keep the housing market moving for our U.S.-based economy. So stay tuned as I dive right into information you need to know to ensure that you are as financially literate as you can be. episode is so rich for me because while I come from family that has owned property and even owned land and multiple businesses, I have never sat down for a conversation about financial literacy, the things that led up to the start and the demise of their businesses and even their property selling. How did that go? Those are things that we didn't talk about. And if you grew up in a household similar to me, where you were escaping poverty and poverty mentality, and maybe even part of the low-income sector at some point, I'm sure there were a ton of conversations about financial literacy that you just did not have. When did they have the time to talk to us about the best type of mortgage? And you know what? As I say this, I'm corrected. Not corrected, like I said, anything bad, but it's almost like the Holy Spirit let me know that that wasn't everyone's story. Everyone's childhood didn't involve being financially illiterate. There were many of you that came from very financial response, from not financially responsible households, and maybe you're the first one in your generation to drop the ball. And for those of us that are the first ones in our generation to actually pick up the torch and set a different standard, this episode is crucial for everyone, simply because more conversations about your options help you to make more informed decisions. The decisions that we look back at 40 and 50 and wish we could have made at 20, because we realize that the quicker we would have made these financially literate decisions, the more we would have been able to enjoy our lives. So before we start, just talking about what this episode, Understanding Mortgages and what it may do for you. First of all, we're breaking the cycle of poverty. When we understand financial concepts, it empowers us as individuals and business owners to make informed decisions about our money. It helps us to break free from the cycle of poverty by making wise choices, saving, investing, and avoiding debt traps that can perpetuate our financial struggles. And when we make more informed decisions, we're equipped with the knowledge to assess different financial products, business events, as we talked about in the previous episode, including mortgages or lease agreements. When people understand terms, interest rates, and potential risks associated with mortgages, they can make informed decisions for them and their long-term goals, right? This conversation also helps us to avoid predatory lending practices. Everyone has an agenda. If you speak with the realtor, they'll tell you the best time to buy is now. If you speak with a, a mortgage broker or a bank, they'll say the best time to buy is now because this is how they support themselves. This is their bread and butter, their sales agents at the end of the day. So when you are more financially literate, you are less of a target for predatory lending practices. Predatory lending practices means things like accepting subprime loans. These things lead to higher interest rate loans, often have hidden fees, and completely unaffordable mortgages. So again, the conversation we're having today is going to be one that I am so grateful to have with you, one that I wish that I had sooner but just so blessed to be able to have it now. This was all fueled, I should say, by the movie, The Big Short. This movie is so good. It is available on Netflix if you have that. It is really a breakdown into what led the crash, um, the housing crash, housing market crash, I should say, Wall Street crash, every crash in 2007, 2008. This is what got me wanting to really go into it because honestly, There were so many things that I saw in this movie that I didn't quite understand. And it made me realize if I don't understand this, then there are some other people that don't understand this as well. And if we don't understand this, then that means that we aren't making informed decisions. So mortgages are loans that people use to buy or refinance property, such as a house or an apartment or even land the property then serves as collateral for the loan. So that means that the borrower if if they fail to pay the loan, if they fail to repay the loan, my, my apologies, then the bank can take possession of the property and sell it to recover their their money at any given time. Mortgages usually have a long repayment period such as 15 or 30 years and a fixed or variable interest rate. So how do banks make money off mortgages? By charging interest. <laughs> and fees, of course, to the borrowers and by selling the mortgages to investors in a secondary market. Banks can sell mortgages individually or they can bundle them in mortgage-backed securities. Mortgage-backed securities represent a claim on cash flow. They are a pool of mortgages, if you want to say that. Just imagine a bunch of little mortgages. If you think about this, right, one mortgage could be for a property worth and, you know, this person receives a 30-year mortgage and a fixed interest rate. But then there also could be someone that's taken out a mortgage for a $10,000 property fixed and flipped that they're going to fix around somehow if they don't just have that cash already on their credit card. And then they may even take another type of loan to renovate that property and then make it livable. Airbnb-able, whatever, right? So these are different options you have, but ultimately we'll go over them. We'll go over mortgage-backed um, securities and then we'll go to over um, CDOs as well because that was a big topic in the movie, The Big Short. Okay, so what, what is The Big Short? Before I do that, okay, let me just finish with the collateralized debt obligations, okay? Because this is where it gets kind of tricky, Banks can also create derivatives from mortgage-backed securities, such as collateralized debt obligations, which is a CDO. Those are securities that are backed by mortgage-backed securities or other assets. So the movie, The Big Short, explains how some investors saw the collapse of the U.S. housing market in 2007 and 2008 and how they made huge profits by betting against it so you know they already saw it coming and they're like hey I have a house on fire in front of me and I'm selling you fire insurance with the ability to get into it now right and still collect on that policy while the house is burning even though we see the fire is already there that's really literally how he described it which was such an awesome analogy because it's like wow capitalism okay so There were four different investors or groups of investors in the movie, which I found awesome because you got different points of views. All of them were shorting the housing market. So some of them were buying credit default swaps, which are contracts that pay off if a borrower defaults on a loan. So if the borrower defaults, then you'll get the money from that. But the movie also showed how the housing market was built on a bubble of subprime mortgages, which... Initially, I didn't understand the difference between the subprime mortgage and prime mortgage as it pertains to today, mainly because the crash in 2007 and 2008 forced a lot of regulations, laws and and things to be enacted so that our United States is really protected from kind of falling, protected from falling again due to things like this. But we still have these type of loans available. And they're just not as great as we think. So typically, well, in the movie, I should say, mortgages were packed into complex securities, and that's what the CDOs were, the collateralized debt obligations. At the time, they were rated as safe investment by the rating agencies, but they were actually full of junk loans. So the movie exposed how the banks, the regulators, and even the media were either ignorant or complicit in the fraud and corruption that ultimately fueled the bubble and led to our financial crisis. So I have a clip and I'm gonna play it for you just to give you a rundown on what collateralized debt obligation is and what it truly means. Collateralized debt obligation, it's important to understand because it's what a lot of housing crisis to be nationwide economic disaster here's world famous chef anthony bourdain to explain okay i'm a chef on a sunday afternoon set in the menu i ordered my fish on friday which is the mortgage bond that michael clary shorted but some of the fresh fish doesn't sell i don't know why maybe it just came out how it has the intelligence of a dolphin so what am I gonna do? Throw all this unsold fish, which is the triple B level of the bond in the garbage, and take the loss? No way. Being the crafty and morally onerous chef that I am, whatever crappy levels of the bond I don't sell, I throw into a seafood stew. See, it's not old fish. It's a whole new thing. And the best part is, they're eating three-day-old halibut. That is a CDM. Well, I just oh. need to know how these could Absolutely. possibly be collated. No, so somehow you're sorry, a That's crazy, right, y'all? And then we, of course, we know this is how America runs. So what is a CDO? A CDO ultimately is a financial product that bundles various types of debt from safe to very risky and sells them to investors in different sectors or divisions. The safest divisions are supposed to get paid out first. So when we see our government sectors and things like that, they're typically safe to make sure that they're getting paid, right? Not paid out, but payment. While the riskiest sectors are supposed to get paid last and ultimately bear the most loss in case of default. This is how founders, company owners, investors lose everything. You say, how can you lose everything? If someone uses my credit card right now and it's not what I pay for, I can call and because the FDIC is back you know, back in my bank, I'll get my money back. That is not the same thing when it comes to these types of securities, such as stocks and bonds, you can lose everything if it loses value. So if the underlying debt, such as mortgages, suffers from a widespread default due to a housing market crash, then all of the sectors of the CDO are affected and lose value. So this is exactly what happened in 2007, 2008, when many CDOs that were rated AAA by credit rating agencies actually turned out to be worthless and caused huge losses of financial institutions that either invested in them or insured them. They were even making the insurance agencies look like a fool. This got me to thinking about how much money Is backed in the housing market in the United States. Now, I can tell you that a study in 2019 shows that the value of U.S. residential mortgages outstanding in 2019 was $11.2 trillion. While just for example, the agricultural business is about $373 billion. That's what we're getting in the United States. So U.S. money is backed by mortgages more than it is by agriculture and farming. But just to put this in perspective, we can also see why global warming is important. Farming, livestock, all of those concerns are relevant. I don't know if you remember, but last year, 2022, there was a high heat index. And for months, there were cows, chickens just dying, thousands and thousands and during that time, you saw an uprising in vegan materials. I don't know if you follow Slutty Vegan, Owners Pinky Co. I think we talked about this before already and how her company immediately was able to scale and rise up, but then also look at the products that she was bringing out. The market needed food alternatives in an area where we were having food shortages. So naturally investors and grant evaluators even picked certain businesses during that time because ultimately if you can show a grant evaluator or an investor not only how you have a great company but the great things that your company is doing for the world right now and how you're helping to change that funding is inevitably yours inevitably so let's talk about loans i want to mention the svb bank the silicon valley bank collapse as well but before i do that I just want to go over the different types of loans so that we truly understand those because I, myself, did not understand each and every type. FHA loans are mortgages that are insured by the Federal Housing Administration. This is part of a Department of Housing and Urban Development. FHA loans are designed to help low and moderate income borrowers who have limited savings or credit history. So FHA loans have lower down payment requirements, as low as 3.5%, and more flexible underwriting standards than conventional loans. However, FHA loans also have higher mortgage insurance premiums than conventional loans, which ultimately increase the cost of the loan over time. VA loans are mortgages that are guaranteed by the Department of Veterans Affairs. So VA loans are available to eligible veterans, service members, and surviving spouses who want to buy or refinance a home. VA loans have no down payment requirement, no mortgage insurance requirement, and lower interest rates than conventional loans. But VA loans have a one-time funding fee that ranges from one4 to 3.6% of the loan amount, depending on the type of loan and the borrower's service history. And finally, USDA loans. USDA loans are mortgages that are guaranteed by the United States Department of Agriculture. USDA loans are available to rural and suburban home buyers who meet certain income and property eligibility requirements. USDA loans have no down payment requirement, low interest rates, and low mortgage insurance fees. However, The USDA loans also have income limits that vary by location and household size and property limits. These are things that restrict the size and type of home that can even be purchased with this type of loan. So as it pertains to short-term rental properties that are rented out for periods of less than 30 days on platforms like Airbnb and Vrbo, Short-term rentals can be a source of income for homeowners who want to rent out their space or rooms or vacation homes. But it may pose challenges for those that are trying to obtain a mortgage, refinance, basically depending on the lender's policy and the type of loan that they chose. So that's why we went over it. Um, Because there are some loans that you wouldn't even be able to make a short-term rental with. Some type of mortgages don't allow short-term rentals at all, or they may require the borrower to obtain permission from the lender or the mortgage insurer before renting out the property. So FHA loans require the borrower to occupy the property as their primary residence for at least one year and prohibits short-term rentals unless they are approved by HUD. VA loans also require the borrower to occupy the property as their primary residence and do not allow short-term rentals unless they are incidental to the borrower's occupancy. Same with USDA loans. They also have an occupancy requirement that may limit short-term rentals, how long you're able to list them or when you're able to list them. This is why it's important to know your options, not just as you are Um, learning about mortgages and loans and, and things that affect you, but also your options when it comes to investing in your business. For those of you that are considering purchasing and one of these loans are the option, meaning that you're not going to a hard money lender, unconventional loans, then you do have some things to think about in regard on if these loans will even afford you the opportunity to run your business without committing mortgage fraud. Mortgage fraud is basically lying on any application that you submitted to get approved for the mortgage. Even if you lied about your middle name, how much you made by a dollar and twenty-seven cents, uh, what you were going to use the property for by one day. Even if you didn't let them know, hey, I'll be moving in on this day, but I will use it as an Airbnb for even twenty-four hours, peer space. Even those things can be considered mortgage fraud and that's why we want to be careful and know our options know our rights and know what we have going on if you're interested in buying or refinancing a property that you choose to use as a short-term rental then you should always 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 consult with your lender and your loan officer about the options and the requirements before you are finding yourself in a situation where you're having to ask for forgiveness on something but make sure that you're also checking local laws and regulations that govern short-term rentals in your area because when you purchase property you are bound to a different set of zoning coding and permitting than even those that are listing airbnbs from apartment complexes that they do not own this is why i want everyone if you're in the habit in the business or on the path to purchase purchasing property, let's make sure that you're doing it in the best method for you. As we talked about in the previous episode, you can also purchase property utilizing your business, under your business, utilizing the income that you're making, showing those income statements, showing the revenue, you can utilize that as well. I want everyone to check out the movie, The Big Short. It may start off a little slow because there is so much information, but this is information about our nation. That's why it's so important because when you hear people stress ownership, which it is important, again, we discussed everything in the world is owned by something. When you go to the movie theaters, when you go to major events, when you go to get your hair cut, your hair done, your nails done, that piece of property, that piece of real estate, someone has their name on the deed. Will it be you in the future? And how will it be you is what this episode is used to help you kind of decide on. Now, before we go, I definitely wanted to touch on Subprime Loan.